how much are you in? Like, there you go, ante up, buddy. Yeah, ante like, up. give me some vote of confidence that I yeah. should be moving with you. Because yeah. he said, will you come with me? And, we you know, however useful numbers are, we did a little percentage calculation and he said, I'm 80% in and 20% unsure. Mm-hmm. And I what? said the same. Ah. And we had different reasons. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Prebo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Relationships. Let's talk about it. And I have a conversation with Nikki Ann Feinberg, and we are going to talk about why marriage. Nikki Ann and her husband, Chris, are friends and neighbors of mine, and I just went to their wedding this uh, past June. And they were together about 10 years before they got married. So I wanted to have a conversation with Nikki Ann to talk about the reasons why they decided to get married. Because it's a big topic for many people. And of course, in my work with couples, it's coming up all the time. What are the reasons to get married? Why get married? And marriage is waning in popularity in contemporary cultures. There was many previously advantages for getting married such as like financial support stability for children tax breaks right the legality of it sometimes it's no longer as relevant as it once was but for some people it is important some of the legalities to have marital rights and maybe a stronger union if they're a family and they have kids for some people it's just a new beginning in their relationship a deeper level of commitment And of course, cross-culturally, it's very different. The meaning of marriage and the reasons why can be very accepted as a legitimate way to be a person and a couple in the culture. It automatically gives people more respect in some cultures. And of course, here's some reasons why people get married. They want to show their family and friends how well their lives are going. Even if deep down they're really maybe unsure whether they have a partnership that will last, let's say, a lifetime, people desire for acceptance and respect, and that runs really deep in society. And even with the high divorce rate, some of us want to have that experience of making that commitment of marriage and experience that as a spiritual path. I'm so glad that I did. It was the most important decision I ever made in my life. And for most of us, marriage is one of the most important decisions that we'll ever make. So Nikki Ann, she just shares her journey of making decisions with Chris on their journey of getting married. She shares some of her story and the history of leading up to their marriage in June. I really like their story because it's intentional. And Nikki Ann is a very intentional, relational person. So let me tell you a little bit more about Nikki Ann. She considers relationships her primary learning ground and her human tribe some of her greatest teachers. And it is not a surprise that Nikki Ann chose to make her home in community at Earth Haven Echo Village in Black Mountain, North Carolina. My neighbors where learning how to be human with other humans is of the main tasks at hand. That's right, relationship, let's talk about it. In 2012, she co-founded the School of Integrative Living, affectionately known as SOIL, which inspires and empowers people to live responsible and creative lives through experiential education 
in integrative living and regenerative systems. She is especially eager to support those in transition between vocations, stages of life. Within this context, she is particularly passionate about fostering belonging, community grief tending, and death care midwifery. And you can learn more about Nikki Ann in my show notes. And before we get on to the conversation, just want to remind you to go to my website, prepo.com. You can sign up for my newsletter and check out my latest happenings in my work. I want to thank a couple recent donors to my podcast. I'd like to thank Daniela in Australia and Yorking in Netherlands. Thank you so much for your recent donations. And for those of you that want to support the podcast that way, you can go to my website, prepo.com, check out the podcast page, support the podcast button, and you can leave a one-time donation or a reoccurring donation. It is greatly appreciated to get this out in a production professional way. Okay, hoping that you had a wonderful holiday season and a wonderful Happy New Year, that you had good, loving connections, that you're able to really appreciate the times that you shared with people. And that we're just blessed to be here and to do this dance with each other. So thank you so much for listening. I'm sending my love to you all. Here we go. My conversation with Nikki Ann on why marriage. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Hey, Nikki Ann. Mm, hey, people. Hey, I really appreciate you making the time, mm-hmm. coming over, walking through the forest on the aftermath of a rainy night uh, <laughs> on your Saturday to want to talk about this. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. My pleasure. Mm-hmm. So I don't know a whole lot about your history. You know, mm-hmm. I was at your wedding some months ago and heard a little bit more about you and Chris's life through your family and so forth. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm real curious to hear, since the subject is around marriage and why marriage and aspects of committed relationships. What's some of your history with relationships and things that relationships that were modeled in your life or your own? I'm just curious of Mm. where that all started for you. Yeah, I was born in this world to have relationships be my primary learning ground is what it feels like. So I kind of joke that I had a boyfriend in kindergarten. <laughs> did, I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'm, I, I really do love what I learn about myself and others and how to relate to not only this other person, but how I or we as a couple could be relating to our world, like within a context of our families and, and community. Um, yeah. And it's, it's been quite a journey. I've I've had the blessing of having a few really solid long-term partnerships. And with each relationship, there's been these huge golden nuggets of growth that I've felt and experienced and gotten to apply to, you know, the next relationship. Um, and yeah, I'm still learning, but it's brought me to this relationship with Chris and into the one that I said, yes, like with two feet, like. Mm. And was it, a, was it a yes, no doubt? Or was there time to really sink it into a yes? You mean, was I clear about wanting to spend the rest of my life with this person from the get-go? Yeah. Hmm. There was a definitely a really huge like excitement, attraction in my heart and being with Chris. Um, I don't think I allowed myself to answer that question or even ask that question of like, oh, is this something that's forever? Um, I think I hadn't done enough healing to for that question to be safe at that point. Um, but I will say that 
as we started relating and being in relationship together, um, you know, we passed the honeymoon face and got into the, some of the nitty gritty of what it's like to be two humans trying to be in a partnership. Um, even with the hard times, like we've been together 13 years now, so let's just say that. But um, I can say 100% that every single day I've felt love every single mm. day that we've actually been in physical space together. We've hugged and given each other a kiss. And like, there really feels like this depth of attraction, connection, love. That's like at the foundation that absolutely has made it where it was even possible to like consider that question, even when times were hard. Mm. Um, yeah. And there were, you know, there was this relationship coach out in the world that I was listening to an audio of. And they said, you know, the question shouldn't be, am I attracted to this person? Like, do I feel like the romance of in the fiery way as like the guiding question to like, should I continue with this person? The question could be more or in this person's mind should be, can I do my work with this person? Is this the person I want to do my work with? And so that was a really awesome thing to know before I got into this relationship. So that was um, something that I was tracking of like, all right, how are we doing our work together? And mm. that's where at times it was like, I don't know if we're going to make it. Like, it's really hard to do work together sometimes. Mm. And, you know, I can tell more to the story, but, you know, the end result is, yeah, we, we did do enough work together where it resulted in a two feet in, let's do this. So describe that a little bit for, to clarify, like what what is the work or doing the work together for you? What, what comes up for you? Yeah, I mean, my language would be that our primary partners, if that is how we orient in relationship, are right there with our family as being mirrors and, you know, can have our buttons that we can get the most triggered with, like lose our center with, um, get heated or just, there's so many ways to describe maybe regression. Yeah. And that yeah, it's not a coincidence that it's our partners akin with our family. So instead of just being in a habitual, painful, unenjoyable cycle of like going through our stuff, our shit, whatever, like our inner shadow, like shadows, um, yeah, unhealed wounds, um, fears, discomforts, um, arrested parts in ourselves, some juvenile parts that never fully grew up. So to be having, to be wanting to be in a fully adult relationship with someone, but having all these younger parts driving a show, just like, isn't that enjoyable, whether I'm awake to it, that I'm doing it and my partner's experiencing it or vice versa. So, you know, how do we be two fully emerging, alive adults that are doing their best to stay in the present moment and be responsible for, you know, each of our contributions to a dynamic that's playing out um, and doing our best to reflect the other back hmm. to the other person in a way that's not shaming or blaming or causing more injury. Um, those are some ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I, I've been asking, I like this question that a friend of mine gave me was, do I like myself here? Mm -hmm. Do I like myself in this relationship? Do I like myself in this house? Do I like myself in these clothes? But I love that that part. Can we do our, can we do work together? And because um, I was flashing back about meeting Rainbow and and we met at a human potential learning center and we started doing work from day one on on uh, all that development that mm -hmm. you were just talking about and growth and that did solidify my thought of wanting to spend my life with her of, of we can do work together mm. she's helping me she mm -hmm. she she calls me out on my shit in, in a beautiful way and so we can do work together i like that yeah and i mean that's that was a part of the recipe that was really working for me is that chris wasn't willing to be in a relationship where he couldn't give feedback and that with his partner not being able to handle it um and i have a lot of deflection and defensive mechanisms um that he was kind of like no not willing to do that like and at the same time 
in the same breath, practically, he could say, and I love you. And when it was hard, I mean, I could, I started to be able to watch myself go into the, to the out the door strategy mm-hmm. and pattern where I'm like, ah, we're in a fight. We must be over. I'm, you know, okay. So when am I moving out? And I was just like, I just caught that pattern that I would do. And it was really early on in our relationship that after, like during a fight or in a fight or after a fight, you know, we'd come back together. Um, when I say come back together, usually if we're in something, if we just get some physical space, even if it's one of us just going into the other room or walking outside, when we come back together, so much levity and spaciousness and just ease was already in the space between us. And so we've had a pretty easy time coming back together if we can remember to take some space. And so in that coming back together, I remember very vividly, you know, he'd say, do you think we're going to make it? Or I think we're going to make it. Hmm. And it was like, you know, butter. It was like maple syrup. It was so delicious um, that I didn't realize like what salve that was on this wounded heart of mine that really grew up with a lot of um, family habits of severance and abandonment and checking out and just like calling it quits. And so uh, that internalization for me and how I could see how much I was reacting to that response he was having that I was like, wow, I can't believe I literally just check out every time we have a fight. And so for him overtly saying that was so safe. It was so reassuring. It was so inviting in. It was so, it helped me to arrive that like that actually can be a doable and normal place for me to live in and, and for us to live in. So, um, was that part of the process making that decision on, you know, like you said you've been together 13 years. Mm -hmm. So it was after 13 years, because you got married this past summer. Mm -hmm. And so you decided to choose marriage and the curiosity, of course, that I have in people is after all that time and you were going through, was there particular reasons that you wanted to make that decision? Was there fear also of even making that decision in society, expectations and so forth Mm -hmm. on what marriage is? Would that kink what you already had going on with each other? Yeah, I'd love to tell a long answer to that question, yeah. though. And I hopefully I remember what the question is by the time <laughs> I get to the end. But um, yeah, I mean, to go back to the beginning, you know, we we had, it was started long distance. And so um, that maybe prolonged some of the honeymoon phase, but soon within a year or so, so it was a year of long distance? Um, about, yeah. Uh-huh. I We spent some longer chunks of time together, a month, two weeks, two months. But um, he then moved out to California to do yeah. it in person. Yeah, we were all thinking, who the fuck is this girl man that's <laughs> taking our boy away? You know, it's like, she's got to be good he's if he's so going. he's so earthy. He's <laughs> so rooted, you know. It was like a big deal that he was making this move because, yeah. Yeah, I know that was a big big threat to the community of yeah. losing this dear one. Yeah. So yeah, I felt really honored that he was willing to move out to California for a bit. And it was about 20 months, almost two years. And I mean, it was, you know, it was just real. It was a fish out of water for him living in suburbia in a dry climate we we were living with friends. There was like three kids and f- three other adults in this house with us. And that actually was a saving grace to be living in community, mm. even though it isn't what maybe a lot of people idealize as community. It was like, oh no, this is, this is it. This is three different family units living together in a single family home. And yeah, so part of what really helped us to make it through was that we had other people to talk to immediately that were like interrupters in our daily and momentary situations um, to take some pressure off of having just each other and, you know, single family home or 
studio apartment or whatever we would have had that if we weren't living with folks. Um, and so we had just awesome people with often wise perspectives right there that were able to diffuse a situation. But anyway, to fast forward a little bit, um, we had a lot of awesome times in the first seven years and a lot of really intense situations, some external that were putting some pressure on us as a relationship and some just our own stuff that was playing out. But it was thick. It was, it was painful. It was like, are we going to make this, make it through? And both of us didn't know. I mean, and at some point when... Well, what's making it through to you? Like the thought of like making um, it through. I guess like, are we going to stay together okay. as a couple? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could, I had trust that we'd probably be friends if we decided to uncouple and mm-hmm. not be in relationship, in a romantic relationship. But yeah, I think it was like, can we remain a couple in this way? Mm-hmm. So um, all the, will the doubts of not being in this relationship go away or, or dial down? to stay in and want to be continuing in this relationship for yeah. eons. Un- until we, yeah. yeah. And so there was a moment where we had a check-in because he said, I really want to go back to North Carolina. And I was like, okay, well, for this to feel smart or safe for me, like, how much are you in? Like there you go, ante up, buddy. Yeah, ante like up. give me some vote of confidence that I should yeah. be moving with you. Because yeah. he said, "Will you come with me?" And we know, however useful numbers are, we did a little percentage calculation, and he said, "I'm eighty percent in and twenty percent unsure." Hmm. And I We're, said the same. Ah, hmm. and we had different reasons. Um. Mine was mostly about letting go of an ex-partner and his was mostly about could we change our patterns enough to for it to be experiencing more ease and grace more of the time um, and, and some other things to do with our community dynamics that we were going to be moving back into. Hmm. So regardless of the reasons in this moment, it was like enough of an equation to be like, all right, willing to take a risk. I felt like I knew enough people in Earth Haven and Asheville to make a calculated risk of like, I could probably find sisters and brothers and kin and family in a way that I feel here in Santa Barbara and Goleta that I'd be leaving, which was really a big deal for me. Hmm. And so we did it. We moved and I took that leap of faith and it got harder when we got to North Carolina, like in a way that we did not foresee that. Yeah, that had to do with, you know, some broken hearts and unresolved relationships and some lack of mental health that was going on with others that was entangled with us. And, and oh, it cranked it up. Hmm. Oh, it was so hard. And I'm curious just to dive yeah. in, if, you, if you're willing, around your part of letting go of a past partner. Mm-hmm. Was that partner is still in California? Mm-hmm. Did, they were at the time, yeah. Yeah. Did that make it any easier of letting go when you moved in a physical distance to transform and letting that go? Like, I don't good know, question. Just, it might it might have a little bit, but it it wasn't the hugest part. It was more okay. of you know my Cancerian heart that like mm. holds on to things that she knows and loves, and mm. you know how to put each element of love in the right place, mm-hmm. like you know. Not all of my experience of love needs to translate into romantic relationship. And so that was kind of a growth that I needed to do to reckon Mm -hmm. with that Mm -hmm. and learn how to do that. Well, that could be another podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was hard. We moved back to North Carolina and I was really leaning on a lot of friends um, for support, for guidance. and there's a lot we can go into there if we want. But to say that um, we did make it to a point, we did find enough skills, we did get enough support, we did grow up ourselves enough to like have some ease and have some distance from some of the inflammation and 
ways we were hooking each other and picking at each other. Did, did it happen more or less at the same time for both of you? Like the feeling of like knowing, yeah, we're, we're moving through this. We can do this. Was it a similar timing? Um, not exactly, but it wasn't too far from each other. Mm-hmm. But And they related to each other. I think I would say that, you know, I would assess that Chris has more like avoidant attachment and I have more anxious attachment. And so when we weren't playing that out so intensely, um, yeah, we both maybe were able to have a calmer nervous system mm. and my grabbiness or my like requests for reassurance when he's like, I can't give you anything. Um, and that subsided more. He was more generous with his, with his love and his appreciation. Whereas when I was, yeah, asking for it, um, in times that it was just, he didn't have access to give it or I was in my own way of what I was wanting mm. from him. I was creating a scenario that I was less attractive mm. <laughs> where he's like, this is not working for me, how you're approaching. And so, um, you know, I think you've referenced this before that people will get into that place of like, I'm done or I want to get married. And like, I played that out as well of like, claim me or I'm out of here. Right. And he's like, claiming you like this? <laughs> like, no thanks. <laughs> like, it just wasn't, it wasn't the path in. And mm. I think I'll say for me and through the conversations I've had with a lot of women, it seems like a strategy that we can often employ that just kind of backfires or doesn't really, yeah, get yep. us to where we want to be mm-hmm. in that relationship. Um, oh, and it's so tragically painful. <laughs> mm, yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, I think part of our coming together was me actually fully surrendering to my heart that, I could be done and be at peace and I would be okay. And he's still a lovely human and maybe Mm. our walk isn't together in this way. And that orientation in my heart without words being spoken to him about it was felt by him. And so when you ask about, was it at the same time, something about that surrender on my part allowed, um, some softness and some ease in Mm. him that like honestly from that point forth like once I did that reckoning work of I'm able to let go of this if need be and not be so attached to the outcome that is a turning point in my speculation of of where the ease that's we've still experienced or still experiencing today mm. has come from. So in some way you were able to know that you can hold on to yourself more than needing to hold on to him or the relationship. And once knowing that, then you can fully give the freedom to the relationship because you know that's where you're coming from is yourself. And that also my pain didn't have to be pinned on him. Mm. Like it was really allowing myself to be with the tenderness that I was experiencing, the vulnerability and the outright, yeah, heartbreak and pain. And that it, it didn't have to attach it to anger towards him or blame. Hmm. Um, yeah. Or, and that he, that I didn't need him to understand it and validate it. That hmm. was a huge piece. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Throughout that period, was there talk about marriage? Like, what, what, was there conversations about the alignment? Were you both aligned with whether you did want to someday? Um, mm-hmm. The dreams of it. Um, yeah. The Was there a balance in that? Yeah. Yeah. We had talked about it. I, I don't know if it was completely balanced out the gate. I think um, I might have been more interested than him. It's a good question. But it's. I think what's hard for me to kind of remember the history of is most of my life I was like hell no to marriage uh-huh. like I came from divorced parents like this contract isn't trustworthy I've seen it be broken and yeah I had surrendered to the thought that I wasn't trustworthy in a relationship because if 
I come from blood and family who can transgress then I'm capable of transgressing and then I would play out in self-sabotage and then and transgress you were cursed yeah and so that was some healing work that it was actually I had responsibility to myself if I wanted to and to others and that I could evolve and change and heal and not actually yeah blame it on some ancestral Mm. or bloodline thing and so yeah, coming into my own power and responsibility and relationships and practicing integrity hmm. increasingly so um, was huge. So by the time I was in relationship with Chris or right on the cusp of, I was like, oh, you know what? I actually could consider marriage. Um, and so... So this was how many years into the relationship? I could consider it pretty early in. Mm-hmm but it wasn't necessarily that I was orienting towards it. Um, I have some modeling in my own line. My mom dated her husband of now for 12 years before they got married. So there was already like a knowing that like, no rush. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Even if you're, can do it well together. Mm -hmm. So yeah, after we got a, we moved more into a place of peace, like the ability to talk when I say peace, like on the regular and like as more of a pattern level of relating. Hmm. Um, yeah, we talked about it some and it was like, yeah, we could, I could see why. And part of the biggest reason was to really claim our commitment to this relationship, this union in front of our friends and family and spirit and to each other and make that bold ask to to support us, um, knowing that even though we've come through a lot, there's every relationship has challenges. And so how do we invite in in a formal ritualistic way that Mm -hmm. support from others and, Mm -hmm. and with their presence and witness in this ritual ceremonial space um, have that, like in our bones and like in our memory of like, wow, we had people say overtly, yes, we support you and we will be here with you in hard, hard times and deliciously delightful times. Um, so yeah, that, that was huge. And the ceremony itself was more epically potent and beautiful than I actually had, could ever imagined it to have been. So whatever that magic is in this thing that so many people historically and still today like engage in um there's something yeah really special and that seems to be a part of its design it's like existence um if leveraged with the intentionality and and Hmm. the consciousness that you know on the highest level that we want to infuse into it and, and can. Right. Uh-huh. It's interesting. I was reflecting back upon my my own experience with Rainbow, where when you were talking about having the support and the acknowledgement and witnessing from a community, and, and I was feeling inside like, ooh, yeah, yeah, I would want that. And that, and the thought was, we didn't have that. Mm-hmm. And we we married ourselves mm-hmm. you know, we did the court thing but then we married ourselves in in the foothills in, in, in mm-hmm. Colorado but as I reflected upon it there was something about how how doing that was a catalyst for where our relationship was to the world like we were stepping out I felt I was stepping out of changing the way I walked in the world and my family and concepts of who I should be and being in the corporate world and all of that and there was something about like individually just doing it for us mm-hmm. um, was an interesting, What is what we needed at that moment mm-hmm. because I don't know what kind of support, I don't think we were getting the whole support from family in, in, in some of those ways. Um, yeah. So doing it ourselves mm-hmm. was a, and it was interesting because I can feel part of me in my heart feels missed. Mm-hmm. After, of course, being at your wedding and, and the mm-hmm. ceremony and, and all the love that was around it, we didn't, we didn't experience that. We experienced mm-hmm. more of a 
mm-hmm. a laser focus between us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Chris and I haven't talked about this too much, but I would say we both feel something in the realm of our relationship is in service to community and vision. And so there's something about the essence that's in the center for us that already includes so many others. So it was very fitting for... Yeah, you you both are such community beings. Yeah. Yeah, and it was really lovely to hear friends and family say, you're already married in my mind. You know, you don't, I don't need this. You don't need this. And, mm. and so that was sweet to be seen for our commitment before we even stepped into the marriage mm. stage of it. Um, yeah. So yeah, we were together 12 and a half years when we got married and nine and a half years when we got engaged. Mm. And so even the engagement was long, you know, it, was children a topic and issue? Because that's one reason why people yeah. then do get married. Especially, I know in Europe, a lot of people are together, but when they have kids, then they decide just to get the mm. the legal aspects of marriage. Or was, no, was that topics? Mm. Yeah, definitely we talked about it, but right. we had agreed that that wasn't going to be what we were prioritizing in this life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I felt it was important for people to also hear that that that. That wasn't the reason a lot of people mm-hmm. do that for that for that reason. Yeah, I think there was for for us for for Rainbow and I we were together about a year before we got pregnant, and um, and no, I, I asked her I asked her to marry me before that. Yeah, I woke I woke up in the middle of the night again. I woke up in the middle of the night, woke her up, and just looked at her and said, "Will you marry me?" And she looked at me and she said, yes, I'd love to. And then we just went back to sleep. We just went back to sleep <laughs> and that was it. And, and we, I remember waking up the next morning going, that happened, didn't it? Did that, that happen, right? And she's like, yes. And it just felt, it felt right. But it was that we didn't talk about it before that. That was really interesting that mm-hmm. we just did it. And it just felt having, knowing we were having a family, there was just something about, that route mm-hmm. for us because mm-hmm. i think i think her she said to me she asked this question to herself can i have a, ch- a child with this man mm-hmm. and she never ever thought about having children before mm-hmm. meeting meeting me so that was mm-hmm. kind of our pathway with mm-hmm. that now i think i think there's something about our orientation to the marriage that was really guided by some friends particularly um around not having a back door that if just to strengthen the container that is this third entity, the relationship that is beyond you, that is of us and beyond us and bigger than us. And so how can we fortify, strengthen, support this thing that's, that's emerging, that's tender, that's, you know, potentially going to have other ups and downs when we also are growing in different ways. And so how can there be a basket that holds us that's bigger than us and that we co-create with spirit, with our community um, so that it isn't so easy to exit when it's hard. Um, And we went back and forth with our vows of like, do we create an exit clause in the vows? Is this forever? And we decided to claim for our lives, like whatever, for forever, tell death to us part, whatever the language might be, versus something that's like, while it's serving us right. or something yeah. that's like a lot harder to lean on or know what that means when one person or both people are wanting out. Right. We just figured like, well, we see things fail all the time that are quote unquote solid and foolproof and no exit door and people still get out. So it's not like right. we, we, you know, we can also do whatever is needed given a moment, but like, how, how do we aim for the moon? How do we give it our best shot knowing that life happens and other things play mm-hmm. out too? Yeah. Really trying to give it the most solid foundation out the gate. Yeah. And that was, I think, the scariest. I think that was, that element of the container was like, fearing failing Mm. on what being able to commit to and deliver on. 
and sort of to face our fear and say, I'm going to dare anyway was huge. Yeah. And I actually, I would love, I would love to read something. Please. I was, this is a book that um, I've been really into this past year called Belonging, Remembering Ourselves Home by Toko Pa Turner. And there's this passage that I was like, ah, oh, she really speaks to what was in my heart, what has been in my heart around my yes towards marriage. So instead of in my younger years feeling like, ah, oh, it's a prison that I'll have chains on. And what if I want to explore other people while I'm with someone else? And like, I just had all these reasons why marriage wouldn't serve a person's growth through life. And now that I live in a community and I'm surrounded by people who think out of the box all the time and get creative with our agreements and containers, it's like, ah, the sky's the limit. Make it your own. So back to you were mentioning kind of those societal pressures and expectations and norms um, that come with this these loaded words, you know, like husband, wife, marriage. And that was, I mean, just hearing those words for years <laughs> just shot me out the door like, nope, nope, nope. Too much baggage for me in those in that realm. And so to do that healing work of it's not any one thing, it's actually what we, we make it to be. Mm. And so how can this commitment possibly be possibly be using the same language as others, but just mean something really intimate and unique to us um, was a, was a journey in that engagement period. How do we not fall prey to um, the unexamined assumptions of what it looks like to be married or to be engaged or to have a wedding or to be a wife or to be a husband um, and yet still lean in and not be scared of the, f the form just because we envision different blood and air within it. So with that, I'm going to read what, what Tokopa writes. When we place limitations and boundaries around something we care about, it isn't meant to be a prison that keeps us stuck or stagnant. It is to create a paradoxical freedom which allows us, through restraint, to fully explore the relationship, the craft, or the experience in all its subtle dimensions. Commitment in these terms is not an obligation, but a deep devotion to that which we love. In our devotion to it, the very thing we are committed to is set free. Our constancy is what allows our beloved to pull back and contract or expand into their fullest essence while we hold the steadfast container of commitment. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and so that really speaks to our commitment, our container, our marriage being a place of safety, of, of, of haven so that each of us can be our ugliest selves, be our brightest selves and push the boundaries of who we are in a moment um, so that there's not stagnancy, but All there's, right. yeah, there's some wind in the sails for exploration and that not being out in the ethers with no container, no boundaries. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it, it just provides care and consideration embedded in that for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to have this person that's in such close proximity to you that you know that you're getting inspired and learning and playing off and challenged, it's, it's a constant you know, constant teaching of how to be. And yeah, that's what, that's what I, I mean, I'm enjoying, you know, we're going on our 27th. Yeah. I, I was also curious to know, like we, I say, yeah, we're going on our 27th year of marriage, but we've been living together for 28 years. Do you, when people ask you, do you say, yeah, I've been married, uh, you know, four months, but <laughs> but it, actually, thirteen years we get. Do you do you give that caveat? I haven't gotten the question too much yet, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I would probably be honoring the time we do, we're toge are together versus yeah. the marriage. Yeah, yeah, the technical mm -hmm. yeah. threshold moment. Yeah, yeah. I just find with 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 our years that are going twenty seven. When I think about, it, it's like, man, 
it's been such a beautiful journey. Like the thought of just continuing this journey together, because that's what we say a lot to each other is like really loving this journey. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to continue this journey together. And uh, it's, a, it's an interesting aspect of what we see around the world, around our, our lives of how people hold that container for whatever time frame. Relationships have a lifetime. Could be two days or it could be 60 years, but they have a lifetime. I just feel fortunate that I, I want to continue this lifetime that I have mm -hmm. in this, but it's the container, as you're saying, that has definitely made uh, the depth and the experience to be um, transformative in the ways that I never thought that I would also experience. Even though I'm a Cancerian too, I'm this romantic homebody. Um, I had certain perceptions growing up of it. My parents were divorced when I was 12. And, and I think there was a part of me that felt like I know how to fucking do it right. Like I was, when I was young, I was like, what they're doing is not right. I think there's another way. So there was part of me that wanted to, to try it, to really try it in a, in a sweet way. And, and I had to go through several relationships before being able to know, yes, I wanna create this container. Yeah, and I realize that in my journey of life, I had become habituated to referencing what wasn't working and therefore fearing. And it wasn't until the past 10 years particularly that I've been practicing seeing with eyes of what is working mm. and around me and looking for models um, that I wanted to emulate. Um, and even with my, both my parents, you know, who I had all this baggage and judgment and sadness and grief with of how, you know, their divorce went down and how it affected me. It's like they've both modeled long-term healthy relationships with their partners since then. You know, my dad's been married over 10 years and my mom's been married or together for over 30 years. And, and then also just looking at friends and their parents of particularly looking for people who stayed together. That was a lot of my heart's orientation to, pr to like prove in the depths of my heart that it's possible that look, people are, and not that everyone should stay together, right. but like just reversing my lens so that I wasn't, I mean, what's that saying? You can find evidence for anything you want to believe. Yeah. So I was just finding evidence for something I wanted to believe in. And that was huge. For the fear? Because of the fear? To yeah. protect the fear? Like, we can, I can find all kinds of reasons to get the hell out. You know, I was given that message at a young age of like, girl, you deserve better. Right. Like. Don't put up with that don't shit. Don't put up with that shit. Don't settle for that. Mm-hmm. So this empowerment message was always about leaving. And that was huge to find a community that was rooted in the earth that stayed together in hard times. So the community Earth Haven itself has taught me and then having other beloveds who are in primary relationships that have modeled staying power through hard times and Farmer being such a, Farmer's Chris's last name, call them both things. Yeah. Um, being such a loyalist and and committed one to things he loves and believes in was like really a teacher of mine. Um, and that he could love me and stay with me when I'm being a shitty ass brat hmm. and, you know, bringing my ugliest sides up. Like that was really a precious gift and, and a teacher. So, yeah, giving thanks to all the models out there of... Yeah, those who choose a hard path even and see the sweet nugget of something that they're longing for and want to live into even when it seems impossible. Yeah. And I also want to thank all those, you know, teachers of mine who have uncoupled well. Like that's a part of the healing for me is like even if people don't choose together, it doesn't have to be spiteful and as painful as some of our experiences are. Yeah, people so forget that, that they're leaving a legacy in their departing. Mm -hmm. And if they really felt and experienced love for one another, 
that's not about possessiveness. If I can't have you, then I won't love you. I'll treat you like shit, as opposed to, you know, I love you and I'm going to transform this love. And uh, that's a hell of a pathway for people to take because I didn't grow up around that in my experience. And it is so inspirational when people do that. And especially if there's family involved, that's a hell of a legacy to leave as an inspiration of how to do it well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know, you're asking about our timing of readiness for marriage and was it similar? And it made me think of our engagement and how we approached it differently. Um, a friend reflected to me um, when I was, once I was engaged and I was kind of freaking out. And they said, I said, gosh, you know what? I've been longing for this engagement and towards marriageness, and here I am. And she said, oh, honey, this is exactly how it's supposed to be. How farmer moves, in her mind at least, is he says yes to something and steps in. Once he's clear, it's the thing to do that he's, he's willing to experiment with. And I find where I am and what I want while in something. Mm. And so he proposed, he initiated that engagement. I said, yes. And he's like, all right, I did all that work I needed to be able to even ask you, like, thanks for, you know, your patience and allowing me that time. And now that we're in, I was like, oh, this is what I've been waiting for to see if I want to be in this. <laughs> and so I actually used that chamber, that time period and container of engagement to engage myself, mm. to engage my heart's longings and to see if I wanted to marry. And so I'm sure that was a pretty vulnerable time for Chris because he had already done that reckoning to be able to propose. And then here I was like, pushing against the edges. Um, and it was, it was, yeah. So anyway, it was beautiful. And I That's think- That's a beautiful way of looking at what engagement process is. And just that we come at it differently. Like right. his was very different from mine. Yeah. And that it's, you know, we have vulnerability at different moments. Um, and so we actually had probably would have had a year and a half engagement if, the pandemic hadn't hit and we rescheduled because we wanted as many people there as possible. So it ended up being, I don't know, a three-year engagement or something ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Or I say ridiculous, long yeah. at least yeah. for most. And the gift in that was by the time we got to the altar and our wedding day, like no cold feet, none of that. Like, oh my gosh, are we really doing this? Because mm -hmm. we had had and taken ample time to really be with whatever clarity needed to be arrived at or uncertainty that needed to be dealt with and curiosities and fear and nervousness and so. And it was beautiful to witness. Really felt the energy that was emanating from your knowing, both of your, your knowing and wanting to share that. So Yeah, that was great. I didn't mm. imagine being so present at the wedding and mm. that was an awesome experience. Mm. Yeah, I think there was nervousness to be in front of so many people and share intimately but hmm. it wasn't about the marriage itself hmm. that we were nervous about so that was sweet yeah <laughs> yeah when we got engaged i thought well what are we committing to i can't believe people actually sometimes say yes to marriage engagement without even knowing it and yet there i was doing the same thing <laughs> hadn't figured it out and it was just before the wedding that we actually dialed it in. And I'm biased, but I think that our vows are probably the best. <laughs> I, I loved your vows. Your vows were, you guys did really well with your vows. Um, did you did you run those by each other constantly or did you just, how, how'd you negotiate that? Yeah, well, I had to do a little research on how do people create vows together? And I learned that, People do it all different kinds of ways. Mm -hmm. The woman will write them and the man will write theirs. And sometimes they don't even know what they're committing to and going to receive until they're at the altar. Um, people 
we'll do the exact same vows together and co-create them. And some will, yeah, share them before and negotiate them. We actually did ours together and we pulled together lots of friends' vows. We collected them mm. and we actually went through them. And as we read other people's vows, we pulled out what we liked, what we hadn't captured or felt like was caught yet with the previous ones. So we had this comprehensive list that was way too many. And then we assessed if anything was missing and started to see similarities in the essences of some of how things were worded differently between different peoples. And we ended up, I think, with 11 vows um, that spoke to the wholeness of the relationship. It felt like it touched um, on us as individuals, as us in the context of community, uh, goals and aspirations that we had within our relationship and with our home, and even named some resources that we wanted to commit to um, hmm. if ever needed. So so interesting about vows, um, you know, what people put into it. People say, we go back to our vows, or I have working with couples, like this one couple that I'm working with, they should they they should be parting, and they should have been parting for, for a while. Mm. But the part is like, I made a vow. I made a vow. Mm. And I get it, like we're talking about with the container, but there is also, you know, was there a vow within yourself of not having pain for the last mm. 10 years? You know, that's mm -hmm. that's to me is so interesting too about that, that how we could take that, how people take that so steadfast and they miss the essence of what the vow really is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd love to just read our first vow. It's because mm -hmm. it kind of speaks to the essence of the relationship that if it's that's not being fed, then yeah, what is the thing we're living into that we vowed to? Um, we said, I, I vowed to co-create a beautiful, healthy life and home with you. Dedicated to feeding something bigger than ourselves. Dedicated to feeding that which feeds us. And there's, I think the rest of the vows are all speaking to the quality to the details of the qualities spoken in that first one. And it may be that we assess that our relationship isn't feeling healthy and feeding something bigger. Yeah. So anyway, it's hard to figure out when, when does, when do, when does one person or when do both of you call it right. enough or, yeah. or just the And beginning. what do you do with the vows? Do you, you know, some people read them annually or mm -hmm. when they're really having problems and they read them again or, some people read them more regularly or have it with them or just one time is enough, you know, and they put it in. Yeah, yeah that's a great question. Um, we are going to commission a friend to make an art piece with them that'll live in our bedroom. So ah. then it'll be visible, not only to us, but others. Um, and I, yeah, I do imagine we would do something annually in a ritual way. And carrying them around in my, my wallet sounds like Sweet. a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, I wow. want to take that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for also sharing all this. This was mm -hmm. a sweet conversation. Yeah. Thank you, people. I didn't, I didn't know where we were going to go with it, but I, I loved where we went with it. Likewise. Yeah. So what would you like people to know that you're juiced about, what you're, things that you want people to know that you're doing and, and uh, evolving in the world and also sharing? What would you like? Yeah. I really feel on the cusp of an emergence um, in me that's coming under the handle of belonging right now, um, really finding ways in which I haven't allowed myself to belong even to myself and um, really wanting to get into that terrain of um, my inner world and doing that with others. And so some of that's coming through the work that I do through the School of Integrated Living, SOIL, which is uh, an educational organization that's headquartered and grounded at Earth Haven. Um, and also what, where that stems from is really my grief tending and my death care work that I really am looking forward to finding 
more of a clear place in. Um, I've gotten, I feel like initiated and gifted the experience to tend to tender moments and end of life transitions and other rites of passage moments. And I'm really in a, a surrender stage, I'm like really practicing deep listening and patience to see what it all comes into form and being. Um, but I love, I love experiencing my inner world dancing with others. And so in whatever places the invitations come through me or if others have them, like I could imagine that being a, a juicy experience um, mm. to share mm. in this life. Wonderful. Yeah. So how can people get a hold of you through soil or can you give yeah, some that's that information? A, yeah, that's a great way. The School of Integrated Living, um, which is schoolofintegratedliving.org. There's a website with phone number and email on it. It's probably the best. Good. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Nikki Ann. Thank you. Relationships. Let's talk about it. Is a production of Heartshare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more about licensed counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit prepo.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling or therapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Thank you.